From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. When the creator of the universe made us in his image, he gave us all the ability to create. No matter what it is that you do with your gifts and talents you've been given, creativity takes inspiration as well as time and intention. Today, Kimberly Coyle will be talking with us about that, plus she'll be sharing what she has learned about the art and the discipline of writing, plus the five steps she takes to live more creatively. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. When and where do you get your best ideas? Hi there, this is Life Coach Carrie Bailey, and I get my best ideas when I'm sleeping. I always have, ever since I was little, I am a big, heavy dreamer, and oftentimes God will wake me up at like 3 o'clock in the morning uh, with an idea, and so I keep a little journal and a notepad uh, by my bed and jot them down real quick and make sure I capture them so I don't forget them in the morning, but I get my best ideas when I'm sleeping. That is such a great question. When and where do I get my best ideas? Um, I'm a big idea girl, so I don't have to go anywhere for ideas. I think I'm constantly under the inspiration of God. And the problem is that my big ideas can ruin uh, the best ideas that God has for me. So really what happens for me is that I have to spend a lot of time slowing the bus down and bringing my ideas before the Lord and thinking practically and strategically before I move on it. Like if I get an idea for a writing project or if I get an idea for rearranging my house or if I get an idea for an activity that I want to do with the family, some of it can be super fun and spontaneous. But oftentimes I have to kind of articulate the idea and then sit on it and spend time praying through it before I can move on it because my big ideas are usually expensive and they usually require other people helping me in the process and they usually take time. Um, But when they are ordained um, by God and inspired by him and their collaborative effort with the people God has put in my life, they can be such a glorious blessing. So I hope that offer some perspective. In a nutshell, take my big ideas and go to God to find out if they're his ideas. Being that I spend a lot of time in the car, an average of two hours every Monday through Friday, I'd say my best ideas come in the car as I'm uh, driving the kids to school and um, just uh, thinking through my day. And um, so ideas come that way. And uh, I try to write them down quickly. but yeah, that's where I get my best ideas. So I guess why the, one of the reasons why I love this topic and talking about this is because I am a creative person, and I think I feel as though in the past I've spent a lifetime having creative ideas and never seen them come to life. And it's only been recently in the last couple of years after working with a life coach and identifying creativity as a value that I have and identifying creativity as a non-negotiable, something that I need to do so that at the end of the day, I feel satisfied and feel like I've been using my God-given talents, that I'm actually taking those creative ideas and seeing them come to life. And 
you know, one of the things that I learned about creativity also in the last couple of years is that God created us in his image and he's a creator. And so what create creating looks like for me looks different than it does for you. And it looks different for even my husband. You know, Kimberly Coyle, you did a post about this, um, five steps to living more creatively. And it was so great to hear how you honor it in your life. So why don't you just um, jump on in and tell us a little bit about the post, your thoughts behind it. Sure. Yeah. Well, the reason I wrote the post was for myself, honestly. I, um, unlike you, I always, well, I grew up thinking certainly that I was not creative. I, I didn't feel like I had any creativity. I, I think because I, oh, I got lost in books so much and I was feeding off of other people's creations, um, that I didn't feel like I had that inside myself. And, um, even, even when I was probably in my twenties, I really just couldn't see it. Even though, um, looking back, I can see how I tried to find different avenues to, um, express something, uh, whether it was through when I, you know, started blogging or journaling, even though that was for myself, it was a, a way to express things, um, through my home, like making things beautiful in my home, trying to, you know, decorate in a way that was, um, creative for me. And so looking back, I can see, like, I, I was doing things all along that were creative, but I didn't realize it. So, um, I still even struggle with that. Like I feel, I feel dry a lot of the time. So oftentimes when I hear you talking about all the ideas you have, I usually think, Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I wish that (laughs) my brain worked that way. Like I wish I was a fount of ideas. And oftentimes online, um, I tend to come across a lot of people who are full of the most amazing creative ideas, um, where the struggle for folks like you guys is usually follow through where the struggle Mm -hmm. for people me is not so much the follow through. I'm, I'm pretty diligent about following through. It's just actually having an idea that's worth Mm. pursuing. (laughs) That for me is idea creation is so much harder. So I think a lot of people just, you can sort of fall in both of those camps and you're really lucky if you're kind of in the middle or you, you know, develop skills around either one of your weaknesses. Or you have a team um, of people to make up for where you lack. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So true. So true. Yeah. I definitely lean into people who I find to be really creative. You know, I, I try and gather ideas from them. That's why I read so much because I'm, I'm gathering ideas from, from other books and other writers. So, um, yes. So I wrote a post about it because I honestly just wanted to remind myself, like when you're feeling dry and not and uncreative and you feel like, you know, you have no words left, Kimberly, this is what you need to do. You I just, it's a reminder for myself. So, um, my first point in, in the blog post, which is, I think, the most important one of all was to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the key thing for any creator, for anyone who has any sort of, well, for, for anyone who is planning on making something or, um, living fully creative in their life, no matter how that looks for them is to pay attention to what's happening around you, to gather inspiration from every place you go and everything you see and every conversation you hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that 
too is, you know, I, I used to think that my life wasn't exciting enough or that I was so caught up kind of in the daily things that, you know, where was I going to get inspiration? I wasn't, you know, living in New York city, having this exciting lifestyle and spending a lot of time around art or whatever. Um, but really it's just, it, inspiration can be found in our everyday life, life. And, um, I just wanted to remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that mm-hmm. for me is the, is the biggest step. Yeah. Well, that's like being, I think you mentioned being a people watcher. And that is so fascinating. And I think when I was young, I used to use that term all the time. And I don't know if that was like, I don't know. I I think at the time it wasn't that legitimate. And it was my excuse for being like off to the side and not participant in some things. But you Mm -hmm. do learn a lot by observation. And now I would say, you know, especially as a parent, if I go to a school event and I just people watch, wow. Like you really start to understand, um, the dynamic and I can see where if you aren't experiencing something, if you observe enough, you could really mm-hmm. get some knowledge and some inspiration from what's around us. For sure. Yeah. I just, I feel like I can pick up so much in turn, you know, particularly for writing. I think people watching is great um, because you can clue into emotions that you yourself may not have experienced. Mm, um, so like when we, when we went to Disney world, which was kind of what prompted this whole thing. Um, my post was we went to Disney world and I spent the entire time people watching. And there was a a little boy who, um, got lost and I, I was watching from really far away and I could see the parents go absolutely insane. And they, they were terrified, like the look of terror on their face. First, I saw the little boy, we were across the, it was a parade. So we were across the way and I was blocked by a huge crowd of people, but I could see over their heads. There was a little boy who walked away and I saw him and he was very scared and he kept looking for his family. And then I saw the parents further down screaming his name, you know? So it's this like incredibly emotional experience that, you know, like the terror, the fear, the re, you know, when they were reunited by someone who worked there because they immediately went to, um, an employee for help and people spread out and started looking for the little boy. And, um, it was just watching the whole thing unfold, Mm. but gosh, you know, that's something that like, you know, you, you see these things kind of unfolding and I've never had, well, I have lost my child in a target once, but, um, I mean, I haven't really lost my child, you know, in a crowd of people and to kind of see Mm. that from far away or to see family dynamics or to see, you know, young lovers or just, you know, whatever. It just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. watching was incredible. But I think if you're doing something like if you're a visual artist or if you, you like to paint or draw or, you know, whatever, or you were designer or baker, or whatever, you can find inspiration in all sorts of places. You know, mm-hmm. if you just pay attention, if you pay attention when you're in nature, especially, I think, you know, visual artists, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, um, I don't think it has to be art to be creative. I think that's one of the things that sometimes we um, misunderstand, like um, painting or writing. Or I remember there was uh, Elizabeth May blog um, years ago. She was doing a series on creativity and I was like, 
I'm not creative. You know, that's just not something I consider myself. And then for some reason, I said yes to posting. I don't remember why. But and I start to I, I guess because I started to think about it as like, well, that's not really true. I, I do have I am creative because we all are creative in some way. And actually, I have some real creativity, meaning how I qualify creativity. I've, I've sung like most of my life. I actually remember that I used to paint, um, and I'm a writer, but beyond that, I think we forget that, um, creativity has to do with honestly, our creator and creation, as you said, Kimberly, just like living a more creative life or, or getting in touch with our creativity can be as simple as really enjoying a beautiful day or the spring or a snowfall. And, and the scene that you just paid, uh, painted, I think like in there, I, I thought, my gosh, you can learn a lot about it, even a dramatic scene in writing from that scene. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think creativity is so much broader than we sort of give it credit for it. We, we sort of decide, at least I do, these people are really creative. Like even my husband, my husband is a poet. So he writes poetry versus me. I'm, a lot of what I write is advertising and um, promotion and all that kind of stuff in addition to blog posts or whatever. But, you know, to me, that's really creative. But in fact, <laughs> you know, that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. We all have these parts to us. And I think it's a really enriching experience to open ourselves up to it, no matter who we are, no matter whether we think we're creative or not, um, as you said, by paying attention. I remember years ago reading an article in the New York Times um, back when I was in New York City every day and just kind of, you know, you put your head down, you do your commute from wherever you are. And this article just said, look up, just look up beyond the first and second floor of these buildings and you will see magnificent things. Mm. And it's really true. If you look up in New York City at some of the tops of the buildings, we were just in Boston um, last weekend. Same thing, like look beyond those first couple of floors and you'll see all this work. Yeah. And gargoyles sometimes wonderful tip that stuck with me, you know, look beyond that, the obvious. Yeah, that's true. I I would even say, I remember walking on um, the High Line in Chelsea in Manhattan and looking up into the windows of the building and seeing things going Mm -hmm. on in those rooms. And we saw like a photo shoot. It must have been a photo shoot because she was scantily clad and I I saw a (laughs) photographer in the window. but yeah, like there's just the stuff that goes on when you yeah. look up. All those, all the, I, I love, sometimes that o- overwhelms me, not in a negative way. When, when you walk into a place like New York City, what is going on behind all those windows in all those rooms with all those people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's a plethora of um, opportunity for creative thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is. I used to do that in London. We lived um, in what was essentially row homes. They call them terraced homes. Um, but I used to love to take a walk at dusk because everyone would have their lights on but hadn't closed their win- their um, oh, curtains yet. Yeah, yeah. You could, you know, you would just walk down the street and see everyone doing their normal, ordinary, everyday stuff in their house. And, um, but it was well lit and they couldn't see me. Uh, it sounds really creepy. It's really not as creepy as it sounds. <laughs> no, no, we get, we all they get They were it. like we kitchen level, not bedrooms. Yeah. Um, I found <laughs> keeping Tom. I was not. It's just people like, you know, sitting watching TV or mm-hmm. cooking or, you know, whatever. But it was the best time of day. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, that reminds me too of a line from um, Irma Burn. Was it Irma? No, 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 not Irma Burnback. Wait a minute. Who was it? Who wrote about I hate my neck or something? Um, oh, Nora, Nora Ephron. Ephron. Yeah, Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron uh, her mother said to her, "It's all copy." Like she yeah, would, yeah. she would come when she'd say, "Oh, mom, you know this terrible breakup," and her mother was like, "It's all copy." And and it, <laughs> that too, it's like the stuff of life is all all copy. It's all you know part of the stories that we do write. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It all comes in and somehow we use it in our filters. And yeah, it's kind of, it's a fun way to look at life, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. I agree. And that actually leads into what my second point one was in, in the post was um, developing a habit of remembering. So if you have all of this input, you know, all of these things that are coming in, um, you have to develop a habit, truly a habit of remembering everything you've seen or done or experienced or felt or you know, all of those things. It's, you know, why my cousin, who's a fine artist, takes a sketchbook everywhere he goes. He mm-hmm. sketches things so he can remember what he saw and recreate it later. Or, um, you know, for myself, I take little notes in my phone or in a, you know, in a journal. If I've had an experience I particularly want to remember, I try to recall it as vividly as I can and, and be really descriptive so that when I go back to write about it in a more formal way, I can remember how I felt at the time, you know, not just exactly what I saw in detail, but how I felt about it. Such a good Um, idea. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, and you know, taking photographs is really helpful. That's Mm -hmm. the beauty of having, you know, the iPhone, you can take photographs and stuff to help you capture whatever it is you want Mm -hmm. to use later, you know, as inspiration. Do you find yourself returning to that? Kimberly, when you, when you want to write about something, like, do you use them as those, those notes as almost prompts or is the writing it down part of the way you remember? Um, both, but I definitely go back for sure. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. oftentimes I will go back and scroll through my photos and I, um, I read back through my journals and I also like my notes in my phone. If I really, I do keep a page that's just prompts, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll put like blog posts and then I'll leave a couple things in there that I want to remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's just like design. Um, I collected pictures or took pictures of things that struck me. And then Mm -hmm. when I, when it came time to do a renovation, I tried to figure out, okay, taking the, the, the theme or the essence or the elements of the design that I loved. And then how do I incorporate them into my home? They're going to look different, but they're inspired by something else. And so, um, for yeah. me, that's like a fun exercise to incorporate something that inspires me into my everyday, whether it's something like a renovation, which is more permanent to even just the way I approach food or cooking or entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. creating, uh, an atmosphere or mimicking something that I've seen that I've loved that I think works, that is successful, like taking notes, of things that work well around me. I don't keep a notebook, but maybe I will. Because <laughs> I often do walk into a place and take note of the surroundings and say, oh, I love how they did this, or that's not really yeah. working well. Because I'm very practical and I'm all about function and I'm all about uh, you know, organization and why things work well. And so mm-hmm. I will often take note of, mm, see why that's not working or see, nobody thought that through. And it's almost like I can't stop myself from thinking that. And right. to kind of like take notes is 
or, or to somehow remember it, you know, mm-hmm. impacts the choices I make in the future. Yeah, for sure. I tend to, I tend to do that with, um, especially if it's decorating, which I don't feel very confident about, but, um, so I, I get inspiration from other people, like a magazine, I'll rip out a mm-hmm. page, I'll stick mm-hmm. it in a folder, mm-hmm. um, or house H O U Z Z. Love mm-hmm. that for those mm-hmm. ideas yeah. and being able to collect them and remember them when I, when it's yeah. time to do something. Well, I think it's important though, to take the time to do that, to recognize that that is important. It's not maybe as a productive time as you think sitting there looking through magazines, right. but it is feeding mm-hmm. into your future choices in the way you work, I think. Yeah. And it, and it is creative actually. I mean, I rarely allow myself to look through a magazine, but it is a creative uh, endeavor actually. Inspiring. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. It's inspiring both by writing, by people, through people's stories, through whatever, mm-hmm. fashion, houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. All of those good things. Yeah. Yeah. I think part, as you were saying, you know, you don't really allow yourself that time, but Mm-mm. part of being creative and allowing yourself to, um, it, I mean, once you've paid attention, you've developed some sort of habit of remembering, what do you do then? You actually need to invite stillness. You need to mm-hmm. be still and allow all of those things to kind of churn around on the inside yeah. and create something new and different and fresh from all of that fodder. It's like, you know, fertilizer mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. soil where you're going to create something from that. And, um, stillness is a really important part yeah. of that. And, I think, mm-hmm. I think so. Probably the best artists have the most, I, I would venture to say in, because I've read a lot of, a lot of, um, artists speaking about their process. I would mm-hmm. say the best of them allow themselves as much time as they need to just mm-hmm. be still, to think, to process, to read a magazine or to, you know, engage in some sort of thing you know, like go to an art museum, which is a form of stillness. I think it's mm, not work. Mm-hmm, it's actually mm-hmm. just letting yourself absorb everything. Yeah. Um, and we're just not good at that. No. But I think the best, the best, the most creative minds are probably yeah. very, very good at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, I love that. I've heard from other writers that part of the writing process is literally staring at the screen. And that mm. for me is so hard because if I set aside you know, an hour or two to write, I want to be actually writing for that hour or two. And I, mm-hmm. I think what, you know, for my husband who doesn't write, when he sees me kind of sitting there at the computer, <laughs> not typing, I would, you know, I'm sure he sometimes wonders, um, I thought you were going to be writing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's very different from looking at Instagram because you're trying to put off writing. Um, yes. Yes, yes we can find inspiration on yes. Instagram. But you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to quantify my creative process with actual physical action. And that's not always the case. And I think no. that it's really important. This part, this invites well, stillness mm-hmm. and, or, and, I think, and honor it. Yeah. I think it's part of the rhythm. And, um, mm-hmm. as somebody who's gotten away from my writing rhythm, it's, it takes both. It takes the actual writing, but it definitely takes thinking time and, just sitting there and, um, letting, letting a thought occur to you, which is mm-hmm. again, something I feel like I haven't done in a long time, but then you can get in the rhythm. And when you do, you do get more and more ideas and, and, um, it becomes easier to write 
as you get into that practice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's nice. Um, Kimberly, again, I'd love to know how do you do some stillness stuff for you? busy life, busy uh, mom, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I, this is still a tension for me. I'm still, I'm still working my way towards it because I, I feel a lot of guilt around that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm being married to just like you said, Kimberly, being married to someone who is hyperproductive and sees a lot of value in what you produce at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, can be a challenge for someone who needs to actually just sit and be. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, not and my husband does not make me feel guilty. Like he's not doing that to me. It's mm-hmm. something I do to myself because mm-hmm. I I feel like well, if Michael were here, he'd be getting all of these things done today, and and he does. Like he's mm-hmm. a doer, mm-hmm. and um, so that's a real tension for me because I feel a lot of guilt around taking time to just sit and be. Um, I do find though that a good place of stillness for me is, um, in the shower (laughs) and, um, also doing laundry. Laundry is very meditative for me. Um, sometimes Mm. I'll watch TV when I do that. And I, I always find like, Oh, I kind of wish I didn't watch TV when I did laundry today. But, um, if I just let my mind wander, that's a really good place. Mm-hmm. Doing dishes. What about when you um, run? Do you, do you no. listen to music or no? I do. I'm always listening to something when I run because I find it so excruciating that <laughs> I need distraction. <laughs> yes. Especially if I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, I'm a hamster on a wheel. I'm a hamster on a wheel. And then that's like all I can think about. So I always <laughs> have some distraction when I'm um, Although some people do find that also like a stillness in their mm. soul. Yeah. But I think one thing I would like to incorporate, which I'm, I just haven't done and I, I really want to, um, is walking, just taking a walk with no, mm. with nothing in my ears, mm. just, mm-hmm. just being still and while my feet walk, my mind stills. Um, and I, and I have read that many of the greats as well, you know, many of the great writers and composers and whatnot, they, they would walk for hours every day. Um, because there was no one to distract you. You really can just think all your thoughts mm. and then that, you know, yeah. all of that yeah. is kind of born in that, in that silence. So, um, yeah, that's something I would like to do. I'm pretty yeah. sure I, I, I heard somewhere that walking is a great way to come up with creative ideas, but more, more so than just that, um, at least we've tried this a few times is we'll go for a walk and just talk. Like it really mm-hmm. opens up the process of brainstorming. So we, for, for mm-hmm. us in particular, we were brainstorming some things about circles of faith and what comes next. And so mm-hmm. instead of there sitting there across the table from each other on the computer, feeling like it needed to be super productive, we were able to kind of step out of, um, our environment and be inspired in a different way. And I do think that that's mm-hmm. fruitful to even walk while you're brainstorming with somebody like it can yeah. be done on your own, mm-hmm. but it can also be done with someone when you're really trying to maybe work through a problem or, mm-hmm. um, come up with ideas. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's true. I think you're right. And I don't always think about, um, the advantages of, of sort of group work, because I'm not really a group work kind of person, mm-hmm. but to, to have someone to bounce ideas off of or to have conversation. I found mm-hmm. a lot of conversations um, end up being very fruitful for me, uh, particularly with I have one friend who's um, a writer and she and I leave each other Vox messages a lot. And mm-hmm. 
um, because we allow ourselves to be completely rambly and we ramble about anything that we are feeling at the mm-hmm. moment. I have had so many blog posts birthed out of those mm-hmm. conversations where we're just back and forth. There's no interruption in the conversation because it, we're just leaving a message. So you can really say whatever you want without interruption. And then the front, you know, my friend responds to me and shares, you know, what she's thinking about going through whatever. Uh, and that's been super fruitful for me in terms of writing and, and my own creativity. It just makes me think in a different way than an actual sit down over coffee conversation, which is mm-hmm. also great too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all necessary, but, um, but I found that to be really a, a wonderful thing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have not, um, I have not gotten the boxer thing in terms of relationship building or thought building. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to, cause I hear about it all the time and I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure how to go about it. Maybe I have some rules in my head that I don't know I've got, but um, I did hear the other day um, or read a post from Jeff Goins the other day about um, he's got a new book coming out. can't remember what it is, but um, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, he was talking about C.S. Lewis and Tolkien being best oh, friends. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah I read yeah. that post. And how they mm-hmm. met with like 12 people, 12 writers once or twice a week and yeah. how that was part of the way that they um, – really got their ideas going. I just, I have to say, I was like, oh man, I would love to do that. I would love to have a tribe of writers. Even if we didn't like write together, but I just, I just would. I'd love to be traveling with a group in in the writing endeavor because I do find it lonely. I find it sort of, um, yeah, I, I, I like, I loved, I was loved hearing about that. And I've also heard, um, Brian Dixon talk about how he, he has a group that, that he meets weekly. You know, some of them are called masterminds or whatever, but it sounds like in a way that's what you've done with Voxer, this this person that you sort of <laughs> count on to, yeah. you know, you count on each other to sort of talk through some stuff. And that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. super essential. Mm-hmm. I like to do more yeah, of that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's next? Um, well, I guess my last point was, um, that we need to create from a place of trust. Like I at times have found myself creating out of a place of fear Mm. where I feel like, um, I need to get something down. I've got to get, you know, I've got to get a blog post out or I've got to work on this chapter or I've got to, you know, do whatever where it's, it's more fear-based rather than, Hey, I have this thing inside of me that I feel like I need to work through and express. Um, so, I mean, that's one form of that's one way fear kind of makes its way into my creative process and it's Mm -hmm. never fruitful. It's Mm -hmm. never good. Um, but also just being afraid that there's not going to be anything there when I go, when I go to sit, yes, that when I sit down to write that nothing will happen. And, um, (laughs) guess what? That actually does happen and it's okay. It's part of the process. Like sometimes there just aren't going to be words yet for what I'm experiencing or feeling or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that, and certainly this does not just apply to writers. I'm, I'm only speaking from my own experience, but I think in any creative endeavor, anything, no matter what you do, if you, if you bake cakes for a living and make, you know, beautiful cakes, like if you're mm. coming at that from a place of trust, like thinking I am going to produce something beautiful for my client and, um, it might take some, trial and error. And I might mess Mm -hmm. it up at first 
and, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. trusting that you already have what you need. You've done the work, you've paid attention, you've written it down or taken a picture or, you know, whatever you've invited stillness. You've, if you've done all of these things, um, at some point you just need to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love that because I think again, it's, it's almost like valuing yourself, you know, um, valuing that you've got something that is of worth, um, whether or not it's going to, you know, equal some end product or, um, yeah, I, I just, I think that's really that, that the process itself, that when you show up and you've done those things, that's enough. And what comes of that is, is whatever comes from that and leaving that be and trusting that that, um, is part of a, part of a larger sort of calling or story, you know, whether it's being written by you literally or by your life. So I love, I love that too. I think that's really something that, um, is a very subtle struggle yeah. um, mm-hmm. that many of us have, you know, like what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Oh my gosh, I don't have anything to say, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, but if you, if you kind of say, well, wait a minute, let me just, let me just say what I have to say and, and, and trust that something will come of it, whether it's me processing or a post that comes out of it or Hey, a book or, or a podcast or whatever. Yeah. Well, I often pray for creative ideas across the board So like you were saying, Kimberly, again, we'll keep saying this over and over again because creativity can be infused into anything we do. And so whether it is parenting my child or solving a situation at school or dealing with Mm. people, Lord, give me creative Mm -hmm. ideas. Give me your input. And, And, you know, God is our provider. And so we never have to live out of a scarcity mentality. Um, He offers provision for us in the forms of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And, um, you know, this idea of sitting down and feeling like I'm not going to have what it takes, or I'm not going to have enough, or I'm not going to have those ideas. We are trusting in our own ability instead of what God can do through us. And Mm -hmm, again, mm -hmm. like if you sit in the computer and nothing's coming, you just have to continue to trust that God has something that he wants to do and that God's going to give you the answers and he's going to give you what you need to do what you're doing. Um, and so, but that's, that's, that takes a, you know, a shifting of your thinking and what do you Mm -hmm. believe about God and what do you believe about the work that he's called you to do? Um, you know, Kimberly, you said in your post fear invites doubt leading to a thin pale version of what our work could be. And I don't want to do things out of my own ability because they're never Mm going to be as good as what I can do trusting that God is going to use me and to speak through me, whether it's writing, whether it's art, whether it's instructing my children. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't want to be a pale version of what I could be because I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out in fear. I'd rather hang out in trust and it's not easy, but I think it's you, we could choose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great point. And that actually makes me think too of, of some of the work that you do with uh, creating your scripture cards. Mm-hmm. Like you identified a need in your family with your children that you wanted them to learn God's word. You wanted them to have scriptures and to be able to have, you know, have a prayer around that scripture. And so you created these, this beautiful set of cards, which I use in my home mm-hmm. um, with my children who 
sometimes need to be reminded that there is such a thing as scripture and God's word. (laughs) And, but it's such a, like, I feel like God gave you that idea and Mm. it's blessed me. It's blessed your family, but it's blessed my family and all of the other folks who've ordered, you know, who've used them. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's such a, you know, like it's a simple, creative, Holy Spirit infused idea And, you know, it took some work on your part, like you had to figure it out and you had Mm -hmm. to design them and you had to do like you needed to, you needed to take the steps to see it to fruition. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God, like God planted that need in your, you know, that need was in your family. God planted the solution. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes one of the common mistakes we make is thinking that um, a paycheck needs to be attached to that thing which we create in order for it to have value and that's Mm -hmm. absolutely not true I mean um, as writers we're often writing and we're not getting money for it as artists we're Mm -hmm. often creating Um, my friend just told me about the movie Patterson which um, I hope I don't mess this up I'm trying to remember the premise but it's about a man and his ordinary life in Patterson New Jersey and he was a poet And he created poetry, and he didn't need it to be published, and he didn't need the world to see it. And although um, he had people in his life, I believe his wife, who was like, this is amazing, it should be, you know, available to people, he was satisfied and content to create that art for himself and, you know, for the few people that got to enjoy it. And so... um, I have to tell myself that often, not to diminish the work that I'm doing, not to diminish the the things that I'm creating, because... I'm not getting a paycheck for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Uh, that's, um, that's something I'm still, I still struggle with. It's really right. hard to, um, particularly when it comes to being still and, um, allowing myself time because time is, you know, time is so it's like, that's so valuable mm-hmm. to, so to spend time on something that's not, we're not seeing a financial reward for is so mm. hard, you know, like it just goes against everything you think is a American. <laughs> mm. I should be paid for every moment when I'm doing, you know, doing something yeah. where yeah. I'm spending time. Yeah. And it just right. is really, um, I really, really struggle with that. I find it very hard to justify it all to myself, but then I'm like, you know what, this is what I feel like the gifts God's given me. And I would be burying them like this, you know, the servant who received the talents and buried them mm-hmm. in the ground because mm-hmm. he was afraid of mm-hmm. what to do with them. Um, yeah. and that would be me, me burying my gifts. If I didn't follow through, regardless of what the res- end result is like, mm-hmm. that's up to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because when I first met my husband, he was, um, getting his master's in poetry, um, getting his MFA. And, um, I, you know, kind of thought, oh, a poet just sits down and is inspired. And I remember him showing me a stack of papers um, that it took for him to narrow down all these words into one small poem. And I, I, when I first met him, I thought it was such a romantic notion. It was so awesome. Yeah. But as I started to see the time that went into it, I sort of was like, this is, you know, five years later. This is kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so I have, to, I have to admit to having that sort of same, you know, yeah. if, if, if I'm looking at somebody else thinking that, you can be sure I'm looking at myself thinking the same thing. And it's um, it's not uncommon. 
And it's a terrible thing because thank God for those people who don't look for it, look at it that way and continue to write books and write awesome posts and paint beautiful paintings that may never be seen, you know, in some glorious museum, um, but still are somewhere that we can enjoy them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely, um, a, Oh, I don't know how to put it, but it's a, it's a, a value that we don't necessarily value. Yes. <laughs> Creativity. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so particularly, true. I think in this industrial, you know, nation that was so built on doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course we live outside of the city of doing New York city. So, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no question, this is, this is it. This is the hub. This is the hub of doing right where we are. So. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There was one other point I wanted to make and we've, talked about it a little bit throughout our conversation, but, um, you know, with regards to creativity, Kimberly, you mentioned it and said it really well, that it really doesn't, I mean, you don't need to be a quote unquote artist, you know, you don't need to be doing some, something that's typically considered an art form Mm -hmm. to be creative. And, um, I wanted to mention Emily Freeman's book, a million little ways, which I think is in our show notes. Um, Mm-hmm. That it's it's called a million little ways uncover the art you were made to live, and the entire book is such a blessing. I think to anyone who wants to live more creatively, no matter mm-hmm. what they do, mm-hmm. um, even if if they don't see themselves as an artist, like she she writes so beautifully of how to live artfully, how to live creatively mm-hmm. in your own life, and to find where you are most creative and kind of, um, let God stir that in you. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. neat. yeah. It's a really, really good book. And it helped me to kind of put other things in perspective and see where else in my life, um, besides just the writing thing, where else in my life can I be creative? Where can mm-hmm. I let, you know, those gifts sort of flow out of me and bless other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great resource. Yeah. I read it too. Yeah, it was wonderful. I think I need to revisit that one. Mm. All right, Elise, uh, what's your coaching challenge for this week? Well, um, I have I have two um, that have really occurred to me. One is um, this is particularly for the person who is who consider them considers themselves not creative. Um, they're not a writer. They're not a painter. They're not. Uh, a particularly good cook. I want them to find uh, one area of creativity. Um, you know, be creative about it. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you're creative in your relationships. Maybe you're the person who people come to to download because you've got because you think and you listen and you process and you offer. Thing. That's creating. Um, so that's my challenge, particularly to those who don't consider themselves creative. Find something in yourself that actually is creative and, op- you know, cre- uh, gives life and, um, and is yours. Um, and then my second challenge is I, I just want everybody to walk out their door. I, I think of myself in the morning as I walk out my door and I scramble over to my car. And I get in my car and I just get going, walk out your door today and stop, just stop, just stop on your stoop or your, you know, however, however you get out your door and look around and take it in and appreciate what is around you, whether it's a beautiful tree 
or um, a really nice car or um, a lamppost that you've never noticed before, or even the way the wires are connecting all of us to one another through electricity. Just step outside your door and stop and take in something creative in your environment. And that's it. That's awesome. I can do that today. Me too. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> okay, ladies, just tell me where we can find you online. Well, you can find me at elisedalyparker.com and my um, tag is Elise Daly Parker on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, and particularly on Facebook, Elise Daly Parker, editor, writer, coach. Nice. And you can find me on my website, which is KimberlyAnnCoyle.com. Um, on Twitter, I am at Kimberly A. Coyle. And on Instagram, which is my favorite place to hang out, um, it, I am K.A. Coyle. And I'm also on, in Facebook, Kimberly Coyle. So any version of my name, you will find me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at my website. It's KimberlyAmici.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Kimberly Amici. And I'm on Facebook as Living in the Sweet Spot. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love for you to share this podcast with a friend. You can find everything we talked about today on the show notes. You can find those show notes on iTunes and in the Circles of Faith newsletter. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. You can leave us a review on iTunes or let us know on social media. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Circles of Faith. 